Will, this episode of TOEFOP is brought to you by ShipStation. Oh, really? Oh, it's nice to have ShipStation on board. I hear them sponsor other podcasts and I've always been slightly jealous that they didn't want to get involved <laughs> with the TOEFOP brand, Charlie. And now ShipStation are on board. Congratulations. Well, congratulations to us, I guess. I was going to say congratulations to, yeah. to ShipStation. <laughs> Commiserations no. to ShipStation. Congratulations to us. ShipStation.com. Make ship happen. Hey guys, just a quick reminder that we're doing our live show with uh, James and Nick from the Weekly Planet uh, this week, uh, this Sunday at the Rivley uh, Cinemas in Camberwell. This is the fundraiser, Will, to stop the end of the world. Yeah, well, we're going to give it a crack. We're going to plant some seaweed, try to regenerate some oxygen. And when I say we're going to plant some seaweed, um, not us not us personally, but we're helping uh, the Weekly Planet and uh, the wonderful job that they all do at Planet Broadcasting every year. They try to find a charity to get behind, which I think is just an amazing thing to do because we consider podcasting to be a charity in of itself. But um, <laughs> they they try to raise some money for other people and this year for the planet. And we're going to watch uh, uh, Damon Gamow's amazing uh, documentary that he's made 2040 about some positive solutions when it comes to the changing climate. And uh, But beforehand, we are guests on a live uh, The Weekly Planet and uh, it's well so here's the thing is it sold out but there is a bigger venue at the cinema so instead of uh like changing to that bigger venue immediately and then having a whole bunch of empty seats and the charity not making as much money what they've done is we've completely sold out the one that we're meant to be doing there is another room so they put together a waiting list and if that waiting list, there's such a demand on the waiting list that it's worth them going to the extra space, they'll do it. So if you haven't got tickets and it sounds like something that you would enjoy and you want to be part of, put your name on the waiting list. Because if you put your name on the waiting list, that basically means that, you know, if, if there a is a bigger venue, venue they, they can move it to that and uh, they can know the numbers and make all that work. And it'll be a good fun show. So it's the the live Weekly Planet um, with Nick and James. Then it's the screening of 2040. And then we'll have a beer afterwards and, and have a bit of a chat. So get on board, boost that waiting list. Let's get to a bigger venue and uh, yeah, help save the planet. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. The following episode of TOEFOP is rated M.A. It may contain Batman references, time travel references, sexual references, lost trains of thought, and mild course language. TOEFOP advises that the program is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15 or anyone who enjoys succinct, coherent conversation that might actually have a point. Minors must be accompanied by a parent, guardian, or priest. This is John Deke speaking. Relax, this is Topop. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. Hello, Charlie. Hi, Will. And Mike Hall has just informed us off air that uh, this is episode 252, which is a palindrome. Mm, as was 242 and 232, 212, 202. Uh, one, no, no, not 192. <laughs> 191. <laughs> 191. <laughs> Look at the big brain on Anderson chipping himself up. I'm tired, Charlie. I am... Uh, experiencing some flu-like symptoms uh which probably is oh. not the flu 
but is probably because I went and got a uh, cortisone injection in my hip yesterday. And according to the fact sheet that they provide you when you get that injection, um, one of the side effects is that there's a possibility of flu-like symptoms in the couple of days afterwards, and I am certainly experiencing those. So cortisone is an anti-inflammatory, is that right? I guess so. It's a steroid of some kind. I'm pretty angry today. I think it's roid rage. <laughs> yeah, right. Your hips are angry. Yeah. I mean, Shakira's hips lie. won't lie. They don't, well, they don't lie, but they also always tell the truth, if you know what I'm saying, <laughs> yeah. brother. Tell me, take me through the process of getting a cortisone injection. How does that go down? Is there okay. So, well, firstly, um, I hate getting the injection. It's, it's, it's quite unpleasant. Uh, feeling but it's worth it for the hopeful relief that you get from it but um, I must admit that it's a bit like going to the dentist you know in that it's always better when everything's fixed afterwards but the anticipation of having to go and like you know deal with that sort of stuff is no good and so I am now at the point where I will take before I go there I will take a um, like a Valium or a, a Xanax or something like some sort of like in the lead up to it um, so normally I also, then you can't do any, uh, kind of much exercise for the next couple of days. You're meant to let it rest and let it sort of, you know, work. So I try to get a fair bit of exercise in, in the, in the lead up to it. So yesterday I like tried to do a lot of walking cause I knew I wasn't going to be walking much. I went to the, like the gym. Um, well, Hey, I- did anyone yell, yell at you for uh, working out in their class area? <laughs> Well, so I go to, I don't know if I've talked about this before, but I, I go to a place called Kiza and unpaid, unpaid plug, but I do like Kiza a lot and I would like them to, I think they're amazing. So basically it's a rehab style gym. So all the machines are set for people who are normally rehab or who are old people, you know, people who are doing. Yeah. Sort of, well, isn't that their tagline? Are you an old geezer? Come work out at Kiza. Yeah. <laughs> Kiza. It's for geezers. <laughs> And then they then they get a bunch of like you know wheeling and dealing guys from the UK and it's like no no not that kind of geezer we mean like old geezer not yeah. that kind of geezer geezer <laughs> yeah there's some guys selling pills out the front some are selling MDMA and some are selling arthritis pills <laughs> <laughs> are these pills oh supplements mostly you know but um, so. The gym is populated. I told you this the other day that my physio, because they, they do it in conjunction with physio. So you go and you can go and sort of get a program put together by a physio and the physio spends the first you know, period of time showing you how all the machines work and what you can and can't do and all these sort of things. And so it's 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 been really good for me. I've I found it a, a really kind of brilliant system. And the idea is that I'm doing sort of prehab before at some stage I get my hips operated on. You try to get everything else working in the best way possible beforehand. So my physio's checked in on my card the other day and uh, he was so impressed, Charlie. He was so impressed. He's like, actually, you in the six months you've been doing this, you've really made some substantial progress. Like you're lifting, you know, much bigger weights than I expected you were going to be doing. You should be really proud of this. And then I looked around at everybody else in the gym who was either an 80-year-old lady or a dude with only one leg and thought, yeah, I reckon I should be outpacing these guys. <laughs> like this guy some guys- only has one leg and that woman is clearly... 80 to 90 years old. <laughs> it's not a real shock that I'm outpacing them. So uh, t- what, what are some of the exercises you're doing? What kind of weights are you lifting and how are you lifting them? Okay, so it's all machine-based. So nothing is right. like free weights. There's no, no free weights. I'm never going to have somebody doing a class in the middle of the 
the gym that I have to move out of the way of. No, it's also there's a series of machines and you have like a program on the machines and you do three, well, two minutes or three minutes, depending on what your program is on each on each machine. So essentially, like I'm just doing like, you know, some leg exercises, some well, okay, so one of those, some of those standard ones you'd see at a gym where you like you sit on a chair mm. and you know you lift the weights. There's a padded thing and you lift it up with your legs, and there's another one where you lift yeah. it down with your legs. That sort of thing. But every yeah. single exercise is on one of those sort of machines, and the idea yeah. is that you're just doing your three minutes continuous. So it doesn't. Okay. So you find a weight that you can do three minutes continuous on, and that's kind of your starting point, and you do that weight until you can do that and then you move up like small amount of weight and then you do that you know hopefully three minutes continuous and that's your sort of and so what is the goal here is it about functionality is it about actually sort of getting movement into the muscle and the joint or is it about building the muscle so are you using much resistance because you're saying like do it continuously for three minutes but at what level of strain are you under for that three minutes you rarely hear anyone grunt it's okay it's a gym for people who don't want to, their main fear about going to the gym is that they will break something. Okay. So all the exercise is in a very, like, at your own pace zone. There is no sort of preening in front of the mirrors or people needing to spot yeah. each other, that sort of stuff. No, no, yeah. no, no. In fact, even the fact that, you know, because you have, so they give everyone a towel. Everyone has a branded, like, you know, uh, a keys of towel. But... um the uh they're the most useless thing you've ever seen in your entire life because i've never seen anybody in their sweat <laughs> break a sweat yeah <laughs> it is not exercised at a point where you're breaking a sweat i've never got onto any machine and thought it needed to be wiped down in fact my towel yeah. has never been washed in the six months i've been going there it's never been washed and that's not because i'm a grub because i'm actually really clean it has no need to be washed. It was an unnecessary effect on the environment if I were to wash a towel that has never been used for anything. So, and like often if I've forgotten to wear my gym clothes, it really doesn't matter. I can do my, <laughs> I can just go in my ordinary clothes and do the exact same workout that I would do in my gym clothes and no one will notice. I love, I love the idea of like you having a black tie event or something and then you're on the way home you're like, oh God, I really got to get to the gym and you're sitting down in your tuxedo and your leg weight machine. I could do all the exercises in a tuxedo. I could easily do them. Hat. And a top hat? Uh, top and tails. There's nothing that would, uh, you know, there's a couple that are kind of sit up here. So there's like a sit up, like right. where I'm doing like crunches or whatever on a bar. I feel like my top yeah. hat would topple off. Right. But but other what if you than, squashed it? What if you squashed it down real tight? Yeah, no, I could probably do it. I mean, for two minutes, yeah. three minutes, I could probably keep my top hat on. If I, I don't think, and much like I wouldn't even look out of the place if I had a cane, because a lot of the people who go there to work out also have canes. <laughs> look at the fancy man, fancy man at the gym. I mean, I do have an issue with people. Who go to the gym? Because when I go to the gym, I wear my shittiest, rattiest clothes, like this, you know, old stained singlets and shorts and stuff. And because I don't, I'm a sweater, and I don't understand why people, you know, would want to go to the gym, spend you know a fortune on gym clothes. But you do see people like you know, there's be women in full face of makeup, or there's dudes wearing like really expensive Nike gym gear that's all like color matched and all that kind of stuff. And I'm always like. Why would you do that? Why would you want to spend money on something that you were going to excrete, excrete your filthy fluids into over the course of an hour? Yeah, at my gym, it's fair to say no one wearing makeup and right. 
a lot of those people probably have given up on wearing makeup in their real life as well. Yeah, is that <laughs> I mean, some of them look like they're going to be wearing makeup in the future, but normally makeup applied by a mortician. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Your gym is death's waiting room. Oh, yeah. I, I am certainly the hot young stud muffin on the block. <laughs> my trainer was impressed um so okay so i went to the gym i did my yep. my workout and oh so you normally they they suggest that you wait at least 48 hours before you work out again at the gym anyway but for my leg i need like sort of three three days so i, I won't be okay. able to go back until thursday so i did a pretty pretty good workout i walked off to um so i took my xanax about half an hour before uh I had to get my injection. I, I, I took it, I had it with a um, hot chocolate, Charlie, because I wanted right. to like, like a kid getting a lollipop when they have to have an injection. I was giving myself a sort of like, make this into a treat. You're having your Xanax, yeah. you're having a nice walk, you're having a hot chocolate on a cold day. This is a fun excursion out to get this painful injection in your leg. Oh, I thought it was going to be more like a 70s housewife, like a glass of red wine and a handful of Valium. <laughs> Before the kids get home, you know? That's what I thought you were going to do. No, made it a very civilized... Um, obviously, didn't have to get changed after the gym because the clothes that I wore to the gym were appropriate to wear in public. And Hang on, but is Xanax... Uh, is, is, is Xanax a sleeping pill? I thought Xanax is a sleeping pill, but it's anti-anxiety, is it? Anti-anxiety. And uh, ah, okay, the, right. the thing that I have is anxiety about getting this done. So it is the perfect um, legally prescribed pill for what I have. I imagine for whoever got it legally prescribed to them, <laughs> and <laughs> for your dogs. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I double drop a dog's any, and <laughs> drink my hot chocolate. <laughs> I chop up a line of zanny, snort it, <laughs> you know, like you do. I cook the zanny on my knife, and then. I <laughs> Um, so I, I walked to get it done and I get it done at a, um, it's under, um, uh, Amy Park in Melbourne. Uh, it's a sports center. It's like, you know, where mm. the Olympic precinct, the tennis precinct. So there's a lot of sporting organizations, including it's the home offices of the Melbourne football club. And, uh, if anyone ever listens to our other podcast, two guys, one cup, I am hyper aware of the fact that I have made a series of disparaging jokes about the Melbourne Football Club over the last 18 months. And so often when you're walking towards it, there'll be like players and officials from the Melbourne Football Club gathering nearby. Like one day there's a cafe nearby and I was going to go in and get something before I had to wait a little a minute and I was going to go and get something. And I walked in the door and literally they must have been having some Melbourne football club meal or whatever so there's like 60 people from the melbourne football club they're the entire population of this cafe and mm. i just opened up the door and like slammed it shut before any of them spotted me so yeah just for our tofop listeners like melbourne have not been having a great year and will has made it his mission almost on our other podcast to revel in their misery Every loss, every humiliating failure of this season, you have got at least five to ten minutes worth of material out on a weekly basis on our show. So there are some probably some noses out of joint, you'd say. Well, the thing I was worried about that my nose would be put out of joint 
by one of these <laughs> disgruntled demons. Yeah, but you're writing you a bunch of physios, so they'll be able to put it back in place, no problem. <laughs> so uh, then you go into the little, uh, you know, sort of, and I, I apologize, by the way, to um, uh, Mike Hal, our American uh, producer of this show, who, you know, we're in different cities and he's in the US, and um, but he listens into this podcast and then he has to edit it together. So I apologize to him up front what I'm basically about to do um is a hate crime to him which is i'm about to explain how a functioning medical system should work and so <laughs> i go into this uh, center and they're all uh, completely lovely there is a uh, two minute wait before they <laughs> before they uh call out my name and then i'm taken into a an wait area. a minute wait a minute are you saying a two-minute wait? But surely, Will, you had to wait for days and the hospital was filthy and you couldn't possibly get it because there was too busy being communists, too busy running around being communists to treat anybody, right? Well, you know the thing was, Charlie, I actually had a problem with the two-minute wait. And the problem that I had with the two-minute wait was that I didn't have time to get one of the free fantails they provide at this clinic in jars <laughs> that are just around the room. Uh, I was Hang on. Hang on. Sorry, hang on oh, it's the yeah. delivery? Yeah, can I just take a two-minute break, Guy? Of course. I'll be back in one sec. Uh, and we're back. Uh, great two-parter for anyone who listened to Two Guys, One Cup and heard that you were having a delivery coming in an hour mm. and are now hearing that it has actually been delivered. Well, kind of. Yeah, it got well, delivered to the bottom so, of your steps and then you delivered it the yeah. rest of the way. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. And then... Um, not 100% sure. There's some dispute about whether or not we have all the pieces. It's an Ikea wardrobe, Will. So after we wrap today, I will spend the next eight hours complaining that I don't have enough screws, not understanding the instructions, and in the end, just make do with what I have. Now, you say it's an Ikea wardrobe, but I assume it has some mm. sort of Ikea name. Does it have like a fancy oh, Ikea name? What's it called? It does. Do you know? It does. It's the, it is the compliment with a K. Oh, compliment with a K, eh? Well, compliment well, to oh, your KF. I mean, maybe it's the compliment with a K, or maybe it's the, the. I'm just looking at the shelf. The shelf says compliment. That's my best Swedish accent. <laughs> <laughs> the com, the compliment. I compliment. <laughs> it's the compliment. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I think it had a cooler name. The, the, I want to say like the, the Grissom or the Grimmer or the Grimer. Something like that. The Dylan Grimes. It's well, I, the hope, Dylan you Grime I hope you haven't paid for a Grimer and got a compliment. <laughs> I have, man. Ikea, we knew exactly what we wanted on this shop. But it is still an ordeal. Like Knowing you have to go into Ikea and know you get put on that, that labyrinth, that rat race through all the departments. Like We knew we just had to make a beeline for the wardrobe section. But even still, you get caught in that place. And it's like Lord of the Rings. You know, you're just walking forever and ever. And I even, I didn't realize, but Ikea have these little shortcut areas now where you can like, if you don't want to stay on the, the, the predetermined path, you can cut through these little rubber doors to sort of like jump through. But still, took forever. And and those shortcuts all have death traps. I don't know if you yeah. know that. Because I tried this. Like a- well, in order to enter the one of the rooms, I had to answer riddles three. <laughs> exactly. And then there was that hole where you had to go through some quickstand. <laughs> It's, you've seen Idiocracy where like they say in the, you know, in the future it's all just going to be giant warehouses, Costco's filled with like ordered in bulk, very cheap. That's, that is Ikea now. 
Like it is a giant warehouse just filled with extremely cheap items. And Costco now and Amazon now. It's almost like Idiocracy had it absolutely, completely correct. Oh, well, at least they didn't get that thing right about an idiot celebrity becoming... Pre- ah. <laughs> ah, no. Oh, nuts. <laughs> Although I would argue that uh, Cam- President Camacho from Idiocracy was... Pretty likable by comparison. Oh, man. If he ran against Trump in the next election, he'd do well. I mean, he was a professional wrestler, ex-porn star. Hulk Hogan. He was Hulk Hogan. That's who the Democrats have to elect as their candidate against. They need to put... the. I mean, there's a man who's dedicated his life to making America great again. It's Hulk Hogan. He is Mr. You know, he's all about America, right? Like, he's been... Isn't he? No, no. Uh, no, there were, uh, there was some there was some racial stuff that came out a few years ago that uh, held up his induction into the WWE Hall of Fame. I, I think. Yeah, it, but what's more of, American than that? I mean, America <laughs> was built on racism. This is a country yeah, that right. literally had slaves. I mean, come on. I think I think you're looking for an alternative president. I am. I'm just saying he's got to have that broad appeal to get some Trump voters to vote for him. Like if they're going to win, <laughs> yeah, they've right. got to swing some Trump voters back to the other side. And he has that potential crossover. Yeah, he's got it all. He's got it all. <laughs> now, where were we? Uh, so you're, you're valved up. You're doped up to the eyeballs. You've had your hot chocolate. You're heading into uh, the Amy Center. You've oh, that's right. you bypassed the Melbourne Football Club. So I was going to uh, eat some of the complimentary fantails that they have oh, in fantails, little jars around right. the office. Technically, fantails and minties. But I had my eye on a fantail. That's what I really wanted. But I couldn't get to and the And can fantail. I ask, your fantail technique, I'm always fearful of like getting a tooth stuck in the caramel and ripping out a filling or something like that. So I will suck and suck and suck until it's at a point where there's no danger of losing a tooth and then I'll start chewing. Is that your technique or do you go so, straight for the chew? I don't just fear that because I've mentioned uh, for, the aforementioned fear that I have of dentists as well as needles. So, but I've also had that happen. Uh, oh, I've, right. So I got a complimentary sherby once at a restaurant and as I was enjoying <laughs> my complimentary sherby, I realized that it had pulled out my tooth. And so, yes, I have real life experience of the horror that you're talking about. So every time, that's why I'm not going for your minty. There's no good right, way. Yeah. You can't get a minty soft, Right. No. Like that's just hours and hours of dedication to try to soften up my minty, you know. But <laughs> you can soften up a fantail. All you got to do is put it in the mouth, suck the chocolate off. That's a delicious first layer, uh, you know, treat. Dealt and with. And then the caramel, yeah. then eventually will kind of melt into a more malleable substance that you can consume in your mouth. Plus, you're getting like a good, you know, five to ten minutes of like you know release of sugar into your slow release of sugar into your system. You know, yeah. absolutely. I've just had a hot chocolate. I'm a bit doped <laughs> up. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, it's I'm great. really going to enjoy this Fanta. And I'm also going to enjoy the delightful bit of movie trivia that comes with it. However, I could not get a Fanta uh, because uh-huh. um, there was a kid who had also discovered the fact that they were had complimentary Fantas there. And this kid who would have been, I'm going to say he was like eight or nine, right? He's there with his mum. Mum's the one, I think, who's getting the whatever's getting done to her. And the kid's just sort of come along because he's a kid. And the kid has spotted the jar of... So mum's concentrating a bit on you know, her medical sort of stuff and getting you know all the forms together or whatever. And the kid's just gone, oh my God, there's a jar of fantails over there that are free. And this kid, in such a baller move, put his fist into the yes. jar of fantails and took 
minimum 12 to 14 fantails <laughs> in his tiny fist. It's much like he just this giant fist just teeming with fantails. And then he just came back and dumped them in his mum's handbag. <laughs> like they're ours now. <laughs> Did he do a second trip? No, because I didn't even do the because I still would have had time, but there was only like one or two fantails left, and I didn't want to ah. be the person like I don't know if you've ever done this in, like in in a public toilet or on a toilet on a plane, <laughs> where you go into the toilet and the toilet already stinks, and oh, yeah. and then when you come out of the toilet, someone else is lined up to go in the toilet, and you're just like and I want to point out to that me. person that that was yeah. pre-existing stink that that is not my stink. Yeah. I think the worst one of those is elevator. When you step into a pre-farted elevator and then like the doors open because there's no other explanation, but it was you, but you have to like, it's, I mean, you just have to wear that one. No, I've become the opposite. I won't get into really? an elevator if somebody's like, if it's got a smell, pre-farted. on a plane, if it's already like the minute I go in and I smell that it's terrible, I immediately leave. Like I immediately right. leave and you yeah, find someone like, else to do whatever. I'm no patsy. I'm no patsy. <laughs> I've, I do it at like work toilets and stuff. If I go into a toilet where there's any situation that I don't think is that someone else will have to clean up or deal with, I am not going to be like, so it's the same with the fantails. I didn't want to be in there getting my, the second last fantail on the jar and then be suspected by the staff there that I was the one who just pilfered, you know, 12 to 14 fantails. But there was still one or two left, right? You could have easily taken one. And why would they suspect that you were the guy who did, big, did the big handful? Well, because if I'm there taking the one, I'm the most likely suspect, surely, for you know the person who's taken no. the 12 to 14. Of course not. Because for the same reason that the kid didn't go back and get with the one or two left, if you were the guy who'd taken the handful, you wouldn't be going back for the one or two. The fact that you're going back for that one clears you, Will. You overthought it. You could have easily had that fantail guilt-free. Um, sorry, I just missed the call from Amy. This is one of those interrupted okay. podcasts. Sorry. <laughs> Great. Fantastic. See you in 10. Well, we're going to take a little break from the show to talk about our new sponsor, ShipStation. Welcome on board, ShipStation, for a start. What is, who are ShipStation and what do ShipStation do, Charlie? Well, let me uh, answer your question with another question, Will. Okay. Do you sell stuff online? Say yes. Yes. Yes, I do. I sell <laughs> so much stuff online. Then you know what a pain the shipping process is. It's time consuming. Oh. It can be expensive. You're always copying and pasting orders from, from multiple sites trying to figure out the best carrier. You know what? It's, it's a hassle. Hang on. Is this advertising copy from ShipStation or is this from a clairvoyant who understands my life in every intricate detail? Well, let's say it's both. ShipStation may also be clairvoyant. We haven't verified that, but let's say, yes, you're, you're right on both counts. ShipStation was created to make your life a little easier. And guess what? Now it's the number one e-commerce solution. The number one? Oh, thanks for getting on board once you're number one, ShipStation. Oh, you know what? I've gone through a lot of e-commerce solutions and many of them have been terrible, but now I've got to number one. Whether you're selling on eBay, Amazon, or Shopify, or over 100 other popular, popular selling channels, ShipStation lets you access all of your orders from one simple dashboard. That's amazing, because I actually sell from 98 different uh, sites. I'm, I'm all over the internet. This, I'm all over this, because I've been trying to, uh, I've been trying to off- offload some stuff. I've been trying to get rid of CDs. Do you remember CDs, Will? Compact discs, I believe they're known as. Yes. Yeah, I do remember them. What are you trying to do with them? 
I have a Beatles box set. It's, uh, I think it's commonly known as the Beatles bread box. Uh, I bought it in like, 1998 when I thought, I'm going to hang on to this forever. <laughs> this, is not only, this is not only like you know, music history, it's a keepsake. It's all the Beatles CDs with a little booklet in a little bread box that says the Beatles on the outside. I better get this because where else would I ever hear Beatles music? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've been trying to sell this thing, and I tell you, it's been a pain in the ass using all these e-commerce sites, and ShipStation could solve all my problems. The way it works is they work with all the major shipping carriers locally and globally, including FedEx, UPS, and all the local couriers like USPS, Australia Post, and more. I use more all the time, so that's ideal. Yeah, Darcy Moore has his own company. Yeah, exactly. Darcy Moore from the Collingwood Football Club. I, I actually use his father, Peter Moore. Anyway, these are very obscure jokes for the good people at ShipStation. ShipStation will recommend the best carrier based on your needs so you can know that you're always getting the best deal. They even offer special discounts on shipping costs. A one-man shop can access the same postage discounts that are usually reserved for large Fortune 500 companies. I like the idea that if you use ShipStation, you can call yourself a one-man shop. Exactly. And I feel like we are a Fortune 500 company in that in 500 years, we will finally make a fortune from this podcast. (laughs) It's no wonder that ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time at the best rates available. So here's the important bit. This is the call to action. Right now, TOEFOP listeners get to try ShipStation for free for 60 days when you use the promo code TOEFOP. There's absolutely no risk. You can start your free trial without even entering your credit card info. So how's that? 60 days of just responsibility-free shipping. I mean, even if you don't ship things, consider starting to ship things just based on this deal. Yeah, get your ship together. All right, I was expecting a bigger laugh there. I'll continue. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> no reaction from my <laughs> All you need to do is visit shipstation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page and type in TOFOP. That's T-O-F-O-P. Shipstation.com. Enter the promo code TOFOP and make ship happened. <laughs> happen. happened. 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 God damn it. Okay, Where were fantastic. we? <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. Okay, great. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Mike Howell will do a good job of cutting some of this out, obviously, <laughs> Charlie, but uh, it's been a very interrupted podcast. You've had deliveries. I had to take a, a phone call. And uh, look, we've stopped down twice telling one story. One 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 non-important part of the story about Fantas has really <laughs> taken a long time for us to get through. If you're still listening, thank you. Um, so uh, here's the thing, Charlie. I um, did not get yep. a fantail. That's that's the the whole point is that I did not go and get a fantail. Maybe I was wrong. Uh, maybe in my drugged up state, I, my mind wasn't functioning properly. I was too paranoid. The drugs had made me paranoid about the fact that I'd be blamed for the empty uh, fantail jar. Um, they probably don't even care. It probably happens all no. the time. You know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so. Uh, it's time for me to go in for my injection. Now, I'm going to a new guy this time. So I've had these injections. I've had, I think, three of them in my left hip, and this was going to be my third one in my right hip. But ideally, like if they work, because 80% of the time they work, but um, there's 20% chance that it won't give you any relief at all. And then um, somewhere in between there, there's a sort of like, you know, six days to six months of value you might get out of it. So it's a bit of a mixed bag. So you never quite know. Um, in general, I ask, 
mm-hmm. where in the joint does it go? So where in the hip uh, is, is the needle? Go- How big is the needle and where is it going? Okay. So, um, okay. Well, I'll, I'll explain that as I tell the story. Okay. I, uh, that's fine. I can do that. So, um, basically, uh, um, it's been about six months since I last got one in my right hip. It's it, the last so one. The last one was a good was a good hit. Yeah, it was really it went really well. Mm, some of that sweet sweet cortisone, baby. I'm good for it. Oh, I just need some of that. Give me a taste, just a sweet taste of that cortisone. Come on, man. You know I'm good for it. Oh, please, I'm hurting so bad, man. Is that what you like when you go to your physio? I'm real strung out, man. I just need some of that cortisone. Oh, yeah. Please. <laughs> Make mama feel good again. Oh, Will needs some of his magic juice. Come on. Oh, give me some of that sweet, sweet cortisone. <laughs> it's like, all right. You know this is legal. You're fully entitled that. You don't have to beg me for it like a junkie. Come on, baby. Oh, I'll suck your dick. No, you absolutely don't have to do that. It's covered by Medicare. Once again, we have universal healthcare in Australia. Come on, baby. I'll do whatever you want. I need it. I just need that sweet, sweet will juice. Would you stop calling it will juice? That's cortisone. Come on, baby. Just love for what once every six months you just turn up shirtless in tracksuit pants, all strung out, scabs on your face, just shaking outside your physio's clinic. Come on, baby. <laughs> um, they say it is more effective if you catch it before uh, you get back to as bad as it was, but I probably left it a little bit long. I could have probably okay. gone in a month earlier when I, I it started to feel a bit bad again and got it topped up, but I hadn't. I've been putting it off because I get a bit nervous about it. Uh, turns out the doctor who normally does it, who I really like and really trust, and uh, he's away. He's, he's on holidays. Okay. So new doctor which already is making me feel a bit, you know, antsy and paranoid, although very prestigious. Like he's, he's one, either the guy who like runs the clinic. He's, he's a big man on yeah. campus. They haven't got the work experience yeah. kid in. He said, you'll be fine. His name's Dr. Kevorkian. Yeah. He's uh, <laughs> been a doctor for quite a long time. None of his patients ever complain. In fact, they never say anything ever again, but you'll be fine. He says, sign here, 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 and here. Um, <laughs> so you go in and there's a, I don't know if, uh, what their official title is, but there's a, a nurse of some kind, you know, do, doing right. the job of admin, admin nurse. Uh, uh, yeah. So I, I, I only say because I'm not really 100% sure what the title of the person is, but somebody who's in yeah. that role of like, they, go, they run you through the paperwork, make you sign, you know, what you're allergic to and, you know, that you understand what the side effects are and, you know, the chances of it you know working and all these sort of things they do that and then you lay down don't have to take off this is a no taking off clothes situation don't have to take off your clothes come on baby i just need some of that sweet sweet (laughs) mr anderson once again like we prefer if you came here fully clothed we don't understand why you keep turning up in just your tracksuit pants So they I was, implemented that rule after your first visit. I I was wearing my tracksuit pants, but also your shoes. You don't have to take your shoes off. And the reason I say that is because you you're going to lie on one of those uh, MRI or type machines. What you know, one of those things, one one of those circular ones where they put you in and they can take photos. You know, mm. uh, of what's mag- going on using magnets or some shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's all magnets, <laughs> I believe, as a juggler. Yeah. And so. Yeah. 
from the medical eye book I read by the insane clown posse. The only people I take advice from. It's all magnets, yeah. I believe. Yeah. And so uh, they put you into the, I mean, the Stargate. It looks like a Stargate. They put you into the Stargate. Yeah. And so you lay down on the Stargate table and then um, they uh, they put you in the Stargate to check, you know, where everything is in the right, in the right places. And then I have to kind of lower on my right hip, lower my tracksuit pants down to about sort of mid-thigh, keeping my underpants Ooh, on. How but, alluring. No, well, this is – they already put the cover – they've put the cover over me already. This uh, is all done okay. like, you know, teenagers in a tent. You know, you're getting changed okay. – you know, behind, like, so yeah. they lay the thing over me. I'm laying down, shoes still on. That's fine, apparently. Uh, they lay the sort of tarp <laughs> it's over really me. really stuck in your mind, hasn't it? The, the shoes like, on a bed. You're clearly like, at a young age. You were talking about shoes. I'm like, you sure you don't want yeah. me to take my shoes off? So, <laughs> um, so, yeah, so they put the tarp over me. And then um, uh, I lower my tracksuit pants to sort of mid-thigh. And then I have to hitch up because I'm wearing, like, sort of boxer brief style things. So hitch them up into a more traditional sort of, you know, jockey. Jock. Jock line. <laughs> and then sort of where you've hitched them up to, basically in that sort of like on the front, you know, middle of, if you if you put your hands on your hips and then had your thumbs pointing in towards where, essentially where your thumbs are down where your jockey line would be, that's about where they do the injection. Okay. So yeah. is, it this, is it the soft fleshy bit in between kind of like the hip bone and... Like I guess muscle? so, because they're trying to get in on the joint, right? They're trying to yeah, essentially yeah. what they're trying to do is put cortisone in between the hip joint the and the joint. hip socket. Okay. So I guess so they've got. To, I guess they go in yeah, there. I mean, there. <laughs> they're not going into the bone, so it's yeah, it's that soft fleshy part. Yeah, I understand. All right, yeah. cool. That sound and and that's actually a very sensitive area, regardless needle or yes. not. Even just pressing your thumb into that area is very sensitive. Yes. And so obviously they've got a pretty fine margin of error as well because they have to get it in exactly the right spot in between. So And is that they, what the MRI is doing? Yeah. So needle goes that, in yeah. they and then they once you've got the needle in, like whatever, so the anesthetic needle first, numb the area yeah. a bit, then they put the needle in, then they put you back into that machine to check that it's in the right place before they actually put the cortisone in. So at that stage, right. what you've got is just the knee. You can feel the needle in your leg, but it's not like they're injecting anything. You've just got a needle in your leg. They put you back in the machine, check it's in the right place. And then um, then this next bit is the bit that is the unpleasant bit because then they have to pump the cortisone into the joint and the socket. And it's already quite a sense. It's just a really weird feeling because you can actually physically feel the liquid going into this place that is already sore and sensitive. So, yeah. Um, Cause the anesthetics not to numb the area of your hip. The anesthetics just a numb for the needle that's going to go in basically. So how deep, like approximately how far in is that needle? Would you say like an inch, two inches? I did not look Charlie because I cannot look. It, it's a phobia. I do not want to see the needle. I don't know. It feels big. I bet it probably isn't. Because like from the little tiny, you know, sort of hole that I have, it's not like I have some big hole in my leg. So I can't imagine it's a very big needle. But um, no, I don't look. In fact, I lay down and I fold my arms over my chest, kind of like cuddling myself, like in some sort of protective position. And I shut my eyes 
for the entire procedure uh, to the point where, and I was telling you this before we started, but um, the nurse or the, yeah, well, let's just say the nurse. And I apologize if that's not the correct term, but she came over and, and like held my hand, not like held it in a lingering way, but in just in a sort of like squeezed it in a, it'll be all right, love sort of way, which I found very comforting. And I thought it was definitely a good part of the service. I was like, Until I can deal with you in my real the life, bones to be in honest. It. <laughs> the amount of times in my life where I'm going through a stressful situation where just a little gentle sort of squeeze on my hand and being told that everything was going to be okay would help me get through those situations. Yeah, I don't, I'm not great with needles. I, I mean, I get blood tests kind of regularly and all that kind of stuff. As long as I don't see it go in, I'm fine. The feeling of it, not a problem. But I think I'm, I'm more visual. It's like a squeamish kind of thing. Like I just don't like seeing flesh getting pierced even like in movies and stuff when i know it's fake i'm like it's i i just i hate i hate that that thing of flesh tearing being being pierced but yeah once it's in i don't actually mind so much i just don't want so, to see it well i got my flu vaccination you know a month ago and fine you know it's in it's out still don't want to look at it i still look in the yeah. opposite direction it happens by the time I turn out, there's just a Band-Aid on my arm. Who knows what just happened? But now I have a Band-Aid on my arm. You know, that's that's what how I like to... But this is too elongated a process for you to be able to just look away, someone jab you and whack a Band-Aid on you. Like there's a bit of this that, A, you have the needle in your hip and then the moment when they start pumping the... Like what feels like so much liquid into your hip joint. I'm sure it's not. I'm sure it's just a small amount, but it feels. Yeah, like it's but like. it's just that feeling. It's just that foreign body. Just having that foreign thing inside you is totes gross. Hey, I just got to go some power for my computer. I'll be two seconds. All right, I'm back. I just saw I had 3% power. Charlie, okay. um, this is, uh, again, we've just had to have a, uh, just a very brief pause while Charlie gets a charger for his computer. Yeah, how, Michael, I assume the elevator music is going to be going nuts in this episode because we've had so many breaks. <laughs> the people Maybe who came just up with limit it. The people who came up with that elevator music are going to get a, spunk, a spike in their royalties and they're going to be like, I don't yeah. really know what's happening. There must have been a lot of technical problems <laughs> down at TOEFOP this week. Um, okay, so needle goes in the leg. They pump in the cortisone. It doesn't actually take that long, the whole thing, really, but um, it feels like quite a laborious procedure. And then uh, doctor, expert, just he's out of the room. He's just in and out, this guy. He, he doesn't, he doesn't you know, stay around for any sort of you know, bedside patter. That's definitely your nurse's, your nurse's well, you role. Want a, you, want a, you want a pillow talk <laughs> from your doc. Well, you need to be talked out of it a little bit because they need it. You've one of the side effects is that you might lose the sensation in your leg. Like that's you know, people can feel numbness and all these sort of things in their legs. So you've been laying down. So they need someone to stick around to make sure that you don't fall over on the floor. Well, there's a big ball of nerves around just your hip, uh, your hip socket, isn't there? I believe yep. there's like because I think that's where all the the biggest muscles in your leg all connect at the top of your right near your hip. Well, I mean, it certainly feels like there is, Charlie. I can certainly tell you yeah. from the pain that I experienced <laughs> that it feels like there is. Um, so the the nurse is kind of guiding me through the you know, the dismount. So, she, you know, you take a minute. Oh, hide your shame. Pull your pants back up, you know, before they take the tarp <laughs> off. And then, yeah. 
and then you swing your legs around and you have that moment where because you know that one of the side effects is that you might, in fact, they're saying, you know, now be careful, you know, make sure you don't have any sort of, you know, numbness or, you know, a lack of use of your leg. So that's now in your mind. So when you like go to walk, you do that thing of just not quite being sure that it's going to happen, which is yeah, a weird right. sensation as well. So you definitely go down harder first on your balancing leg. You know, you're like left leg, you've got to take this whole thing if if the right <laughs> leg isn't into what's about to happen. And you put it down so gently, but it was all good. And then they just give you a little sort of, you know, here's your, here's your, um, uh, you know, uh, riding instructions and what you've got to watch out for and don't do too much exercise. And then I go out and, uh, you know, that you're allowed to stick around so, for a bit. And that, but they, but so when we, I don't need how to. Long, how long ago was this? How long ago was this? Yeah. Uh, last night at five fifteen was when I got it done. So it's been like it's, um, it's, uh, it's been like. Two, and how do you now, feel? How do you hours. feel now? Um, I feel well. Cold and flu symptoms, yes. But the actual hip hip hurts a bit more, but that it, it doesn't really normally kick in for about six or seven days. The cortisone. Oh, okay. So what you get immediately is you feel okay because they've pumped a lot of anesthetic into you so your hip feels okay for about six or seven hours and then it feels that shit for about the next like three days because you've like uh, messed up all the nerves like you know you've you've uh yeah. what do you call it you've like aggravated the area so essentially you put trauma to a place that's already feeling or all those nerve endings are feeling trauma so it actually gets a bit worse for a couple of days and then hopefully it kicks in and, and you start to feel better Oh, by the oh, way, man. I took a bunch of fantails on the way out because they <laughs> filled up the jar. And it's not even one of those Lions Club ones where you're meant to put two bucks in. It's just bloody free fantails. Free fantails, mate. And I took no, I mate, took three, but I had three. <laughs> I'm going to fake bloody arthritis in my hip so I can get some of that free minty fantail action. Mate, you don't even have to. Just limp in there. P- fill up your pocket <laughs> with fantails. They're not gardening them. I can tell you where it is. It's probably why Melbourne aren't playing any good this year in the AFL. A bunch of their players are sneaking in for some free Fanta. <laughs> now, it's a little hard to judge how long we've been going because we've had so many interruptions, but do you think it's time to get to some letters? We've been recording for an hour, and I imagine we've done about 30 minutes of content, but fuck it, yes, let's get to some letters. Okay. <laughs> now, it's been a while since we've gone to the just the general to fop respondents because we've been getting so flooded with uh, uh, with Patreon messages. So I thought we should just revisit our general mailbag, our, what would you call it? It's our, it's our public mailbag, our anyone can send us a message mailbag, our no prize given mailbag. Maybe we could just call it our mailbag and make all the others special. T-mail. All right, so if, so if, you're, if you send us a message on Patreon, it's T-mail. Right. And the- <laughs> Mike Hell's called it the community sack. Okay, okay yes, sure. it, yes. So thank you for contacting us in our community sack. I'm reaching into our community sack. Yeah. It's, a, uh, it's an email from Dan. Hey, and it's damn you guys is the first Ooh, line. Okay. I've recently made the transition from commuting to work by car and now find myself on the bus. Upside is I don't have to battle shit drivers for an hour each way. Hashtag Auckland traffic. Downside is now I've got the challenge of trying to hide or disguise my laughter while in the close surroundings of strangers on the 97B to Auckland City. 
Listening to your analysis of True Blue Blue by John Williamson, episode 246, ended me having to alight the bus every four stops early for fear of being known as the weird dude on the bus because there's always one. Keep it up. Love the work. Dan. That's uh, episode 246 in which we analyze the lyrics of John Williamson. John Williams? John Williamson. Williamson? John Williamson, yes. And maybe uncover a love story. We think that maybe it's a love letter to a, to someone. Blue is actually uh, uh, his unrequited love. Uh, do you want to d- delve back into the world of uh, John Williamson? Because I don't think I got correspondence or I might have been sent an Instagram to my private Instagram, which is a whole level of uh, community sack that you know we shouldn't get into. If you have... Cor- <coughs> You have correspondence for TOEFOP or any of the podcasts, send them to the specific... Um, don't contact me you know, in the, in my other world because I forget to remember who you are and bring the question to the table. But I do remember that somebody hit me up and said, could you do the lyrics to Rip Rip Woodchip, which was their other favourite John Williamson song. So are you willing, ah, Charlie? Which one's that? Yeah. Do you to not go remember back the Rip Williams? Rip Woodchip? Can you, can you hum it for me? I can sing you the, the chorus. Okay, rip, rip, yeah. wood, chip, turn it into paper, throw it in the bin, no news today. And we're about no, to find I'm out what No, I'm not familiar. The... Really? All right, okay. let's do it. Well, yeah. We're about to find out uh, what uh, the lyrics to Rip, Rip, Wood, Chip by John Williamson <laughs> mean. Uh, what am I going to do? What about the future? Okay, well, so far. Oh, jeez, dark. As relevant today as it was back then. Gotta draw the line without delay. Why shouldn't I get emotional? The bush is sacred. Now, he's probably talking about the Australian bush, but I'd yeah, like to think that uh, John Williamson was an early early feminist. Like, you know, this yes. is like, you know, this is his version of like, you know, a Clementine Ford book. He's like, the bush is sacred. Yeah. And I respect that. Yeah. This is what a feminist looks like. <laughs> the famous John Williamson album, This Is What a Feminist Looks Like. Uh, okay, the bush is sacred. Ancient life will fade away. Over the hill I go, killing another mountain. Oh, God. What? Is he a big Game of Thrones fan? He's talking about the mountain from Game of Thrones, I believe. Oh, here we go. Sorry. Killing another mountain. Gotta fill the quota. Can't go slow. Huge machinery wiping oh. out the scenery. Oh, anti-logging message. It's an environmental anthem. One big swipe like a shearer's blow. Rip, rip, wood chip. Turn it into paper. Throw it in the bin. No news today. Nightmare dreaming. Can't you hear the screaming? Chainsaw. <laughs> I saw. More decay. Wow, this is actually... <laughs> he's, like, since Hey True Blue, his lyrics have really evolved, haven't they? This is Hey True he's Black. He's using visual metaphor. This is dark. It's like a... Scathing. Episode of fucking Black Mirror or something. <laughs> so, remember the Axemen knew their timber. Care to what, about the way they brought it down. Oh, okay. So, you know what this is, oh, Charlie? This is yeah, like a, a it's a it. lament against modern day machinery, not against your yeah. humble old school axemen who loved trees and loved to yeah. chop them down with a bloody axe like they were meant to be. Yeah, yeah, mate. Looks like God intended. Uh, 
Uh, remember the Axemen knew their timber, cared about the way they brought it down. Cross-cut black, but tallow wood and cedar. Build another bungalow, pioneer town. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> now, <laughs> this, is, this is where it gets fun. I am the bush, and I am koala. We as one go hand in hand. I am the bush. Like Banjo and Henry. It's in my blood. Gonna make a stand. Okay, so what he's saying is that both the bush and the koala go hand in hand. It's the habitat of the koala that needs to be protected. But he also, John Williamson, modern day, you know, Australian singer-songwriter and sort of bush balladeer, is in the uh, tradition of Banjo and uh, Banjo Henry Patterson Lawson. and Henry Lawson, and he's got to make a stand on behalf of the bush because the bush can't. Yeah. The bush. The bush can't speak for can't. itself. Well, he said, "I'm the bush, and I am the koala." Is that right? Yeah. Well, technically, he says, "I am the bush, and I am koala." So he's also riddled with chlamydia. <laughs> chlamydia. Yeah. I'm riddled, what I'm trying to say is to my wife, who's listening to this song right now, <laughs> I've been having a lot of fun on tour and I'm riddled with chlamydia. That's why a lot of these lyrics don't really make much sense. It's the chlamydia attacking my brain. I've got to be honest with you. A lot of the bush I was visiting on my tour wasn't my wife's. <laughs> wasn't. And now I have chlamydia like a koala. <laughs> Uh, rip, rip, wood chip, uh, turn it into paper, throw it in the bin, don't understand, nightmare dreaming, can't you hear the screaming, Stirns, stirs my blood, going to make a stand. Well, good on you, John Williams. That is in our regular series of we uh, look at John Williamson lyrics. <laughs> Kayla writes in, uh, hey, Tofop, long time, first time. I work in IT and I wanted to clear something up that you talk about often and was discussed in the last episode of Tofopus, last episode Tofopuspondence. This was from... May 31st, so who knows what she's referring to. Deleting Facebook slash Twitter off your phone is great. You're probably doing some evil... They're probably doing some evil things. But your phones are not always listening. Apple reviews apps before they allow them into the store. There is no way they would let Instagram listen to you to target ads. Computer... And this is a word I've never used before, but computer... Computationally? Computationally. Computationally. To listen to every single thing someone is saying or hearing is going to drain the battery fast enough that you'd notice. Try and speak a sentence to Siri and you'll see how many things it gets wrong. On so many levels, this is not feasible. So she's calling us crackpots, Will. No, no uncertain she's, terms. Uh, she's misunderstanding and I'm not blaming her. It was probably our communication of what we were saying. She's misunderstanding the point that was being made because I absolutely don't believe that our phones are listening to us in that way in the capacity we're talking about. But I do believe that, and I know this to be true, that there are all sorts of computer programs that can assess how long you lingered on an advertisement or on a topic and can link your search history to, you know, other, like your data that is freely available. They don't need to listen to you because they can accurately predict what you're interested in from the other things that you're doing on your phone or on the internet. So um, I think that that is a, there is a difference in that, 
Yes, are they listening to you by listening to your conversation and picking things out? Absolutely not. But are they listening to you by realizing that you are looking at a whole bunch of things for tents and then sending you ads about tents? Absolutely, 100% they're listening to you in that capacity. Secondly, that's not why I put Twitter and Facebook off my phone. I put Twitter and Facebook off my phone to stop me looking at my phone all the time and checking Twitter and Facebook all the time. Not that I was scared that the internet was soaking up my information, but I've gone a step further, Charlie. I'm going to show you my mm. phone right now and um, through the Skype screen. And uh, what is different about my phone to usual? Can you tell? You got rid of pretty much all your apps apart from uh, phone, no, email. Is there, is there anything else oh, about no. it that you notice? It's black and white. It's black and white. It's black and white. So I've yeah. gone onto a thing called Grayscale now on my phone, and that is right. also to stop me being. Um, so basically, you know, the reason that things are all different colors is to attract your eye, right? When you look at your phone, oh. you attract the eye of the different things, and yeah, it's why advertising and all these sort of things use you know, different colors to trigger your mind in ways that you know they want you to be triggered. So I've taken all the apps on my phone and my entire phone back to black and white rather than being colored in a, in a way to also fight against that. Kayla continues, so why do you talk about something and then see a targeted ad for it? It's the Beta-Meinhof phenomenon. I can't pronounce it either. Sorry, Charlie. Or the frequency illusion, like when you buy a yellow car and see them all the time. It's that you're noticing more while you wouldn't have before. In the example where the tea bag is sort of targeted ad for memory after the TOEFOP episode, there may be some more targeting there, but it's not from devices listening. The episode description said that remembering people's names, so there may be targeting based on that. They likely follow TOEFOP on social media, and other people who follow TOEFOP probably Googled remembered aids after the episode. Remember aids. So, are these websites targeting you based on behavior and behavior of other people with similar likes than you? Yes. Are they doing it by listening to every single thing you say? No. So pretty much oh, exactly what okay. you just said. Well, I'd like to put it on the record <laughs> you, that I, I, you, I knew that before you said it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was going to interrupt you, but you're on such a rant. I was like, I'll just let him go. Anyway, Michelle writes in, hey, Tofop, here's another tantalizing Tofop tidbit. Another story of the AI will kill us ilk. Bots were trained to work together as a team and consistently beat human opponents. They started with no knowledge of the gameplay mechanics and ended up sharing the information with other bots to learn how to win the game. You can read more here at this link. Thanks for the show. Always a good laugh. And there's a link here to Science Mag. Uh, it's an article in sciencemag.org. And the heading is, once this page loads, Artificial Intelligence Learns Teamwork in the deadly game of Capture the Flag. This is by Ed Gent. Or Ed Gent. Would you pronounce it Gent or Gent? G-E-N-T. Well, if you... I would uh, pronounce it Gent? Gent. It'd be Ed Gent. Like Jif. Ed Gent. Jif. It's, yeah. yeah. It's, it, it, the guy who invented Jifs uh, also invented Ed Gent's last name. So I'm going to say... I call them Gifs, though. Yeah, but you're incorrect. They're called Jifs. Is that right? Well, the guy who came up know. with GIFs said they're meant to be called GIFs, but everybody calls them GIFs anyway, whatevs. And then now every time I say it, I feel like I need to acknowledge that I know they're called GIFs, but it still feels weird to call them GIFs. And, and I prefer to call them GIFs. Ed says, human gamers know just how hard it is to win a new spin on the classic computer game Quake. 
In a maze-like arena, they must work with other players to capture floating flags while dodging deadly gunfire. Now for the first time ever, AI has mastered teamwork in a complex first-person video game, coordinating its actions with both human and computer teammates to consistently beat opponents. The scale of these experiments is remarkable, says Michael Lippmann, an AI expert at Brown University. Getting AI agents to work together is incredibly tough, he says. Although AI can drive cars and easily defeat the world's greatest chess players one-on-one, researchers have struggled to get it to master teamwork. The practice may seem intuitive to us, but predicting how others will behave, a crucial component of working on a team, adds a whole new level of complexity and uncertainty for AI to deal with. In the new study, researchers got AI bots to teach each other to work as a team. Their classroom was simplified version of the 1999 first-person shooter Quake 3 Arena. The game involves two teams that navigate around a 3D map to retrieve a flag from opponent's base and return to theirs. The team with the most captures after five minutes wins. Players also fire a laser to tag enemies, sending them back to their home base. To train the AI to work as a team, the scientists created 30 different bots and pitted them against each other in a series of matches on randomly generated maps. The bots trained using brain-inspired algorithms called neural networks, which learn from data by altering the strength of connections between artificial neurons. The only data the bots had to learn from was the was the first-person visual perspective of their character and game points awarded for things like picking up flags or tagging opponents. So they have the same information that a human player would have. They're, they're, they're only going off the 3D map that they have in front of them on the screen. So initially, the bots reacted randomly, but when their actions started scoring points, the connections that led to the behavior were strengthened through the process called reinforcement learning. The training program also culled the bots that tended to lose and replaced them with mutated copies of top performers inspired by the way of genetic variation and natural selection that helped animals evolve. Great. So what these robots are learning is if it makes a mistake, you get rid of it. No tolerance. That's good for the future, don't you think, Will? Well, the other thing is, Charlie, that the fact that all these bots can work together makes me suspicious of our previous correspondent who claimed that they worked in computers and suddenly was telling us that that the computers aren't listening to our conversations. Isn't this the exact same thing an army of bots would do if they have the technology they're like, they're getting too close to the truth? You know what we'll do? We'll send them a letter from, you know, a listener of the podcast. You know, yeah, we're not course, even lying. We, we are listening to the podcast because we listen to everything and we'll just be like, oh, ha, ha, poo, poo, poo. You're being silly. What was amazing during the development of this project was seeing the emergence of these high-level behaviours, Yardeberg says. These are things we can relate to as human players. The approach is still a long way from working in the real world, Jadeberg adds, but the advance is good for more than computer games. If AI can learn to work in teams, it could make everything from self-driving cars that avoid crashes by coordinating with each other to robotic surgical assistants that help out doctors during procedures. To Terminators that will destroy us all. Oh, hang on, sorry. (laughs) Still, Lippmann warns against extrapolating too much from a relatively simple computer simulation. It could be that the details of this particular game require only a very narrow slice of what we think of teamwork, he says, and that he says means no guarantee the same approach would teach AI to work as a team on other tasks. But of course it will, because we'll keep pushing this and keep pushing this and keep pushing this until we're wiped off the face of the earth. We'll keep pushing it beyond, well beyond our capacity to regulate it. Everything will be fine. <laughs> All right, let's quickly go to uh, Patreon, to our T-mail because we need to give away a sticker pack. This is from Ulysses. Hi, Will and Charlie. Now, Charlie, 
I've been listening to both new episodes while working my way backwards. I often have bouts of insomnia and sometimes listen to several episodes in one night. It was during one such sleepless night that I heard you make an outrageous claim, but I'm not sure which episode it was from. You, <laughs> I don't know if I want to read this. Okay. This is from a different time, Will. A different time. I'm a married man now. Things have changed. You once... <laughs> I can't believe I said this. You once claimed that you'd consumed so much pornography that you were starting to recognize actors recurring and it was all become kind of samey. You probably don't recall making this claim. I don't. But I would appreciate an update on your thoughts, in aid of which I present the following thought-provoking questions. One, surely a lifetime is too short for any man to have seen all the porn. Two, Does seeing the same actors and things over and over indicate very narrow tastes? Three, surely there are some obscure areas of porn that even the most dedicated porn connoisseur would have not discovered. Um, Equine, Bukaki, Maritime, BDSM, scat porn, etc. Will, no questions. You're fine. Carry on. (laughs) Okay. You can sit this one out if you want, Will. Uh, All right. So question one, surely a lifetime is too short for any man to see all the porn? I think if you dedicated your life to it, I mean, I imagine there's a lot of crossover on all the kind of like porn websites that a lot of them would be showing the same stuff. It's like the equivalent of like a streaming channel, right? If you watched all the streaming channels, you could catch up on every TV show. There are completionists in every area of life and the sort of nerdy obsessive men who, you know, are into, you know, comic books or Dungeons and Dragons or collecting and those sort of things. You can't tell me that if you're drawing a Venn diagram, there isn't also an intersection with pornography amongst that sort of obsessiveness. And so I think it is the prime personality type. There's at least one person out there who's set their life goal to be watching every single porn there is. Uh, Two, does seeing the same actors and things over and over again indicate very narrow taste? Or does it indicate that our porn performers are some of the most varied and widely skilled and they can move between genres and, 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 and styles of porn easily? Well, it's also Do we live the, pro- in the golden age? It is the problem though, isn't it? Where you're suddenly just like, well, you know, like, like with actors, you know, there are some actors you only like to see in some sort of, you know, I don't want to see some Liam Neeson serious European sort of like, you know, drama set piece. Yeah. But if like Liam Neeson is an angry dad with a vendetta who probably used to work in the special forces or something <laughs> and needs to track someone down and kill some people, then I'm in, you know. So it could be the same in the pornography world. But if your tastes were, you know, pretty simple, you don't want to have to suddenly just to see other actors like, you know, like... you. You know what I mean? Like, yes, I'd watch that actor, but I'm not into the sort of thing that that actor does. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, next email is from Sharon. Hi, Will and Charlie. I want to firstly thank you for totally embarrassing my son Parker at the Cheekier Boy event in Melbourne when you pointed out that there was a young person in the audience. I got a big laugh out of that. And if you'd like to see what Sharon's talking about, you can go to our Patreon, subscribe to our Patreon. You'll put the full video of our live TOEFOP with James Fosdyke and you can hear exactly what she's talking about. Will, I was impressed with you that you took the time to talk to him afterwards. I think his words were, best day ever. Now let me go steal some fantails from a jar in a waiting room. <laughs> I now have no hope of pointing him in the direction of a solid career. Actually, I'd rather he follow his passion, and both of you have opened his eyes to finding his tribe. I have only seen a few Marvel movies, so Parker has made me a list of them uh, in order that he believes I should watch. 
I've been listening to you bang on about these since episode one, so I'm leaning on you for advice. Do you think this is the correct order? And she's sent me an attachment in a separate email. Oh, but I can't open it. Oh, Sharon, if you're listening. Oh, hang on. Here we go. She sent me a third email. Here we go. So this is Parker's list. Um, This can't be his... All right. I'll just read it. I'm not sure if this starts with the best one first or finishes with the best one first. It finishes with Endgame, so I'm assuming that means that's his number one, right? Probably his number one, but it shouldn't be the one you watch first. Although that would be an interesting way to enjoy the Marvel movie. That would be make much... You know what? If you're a sort of person who likes non-traditional storytelling, maybe you're more a fan of like your... You know, your Westworld, your Memento, where like, you know, something oh, is kind of established and then you can go backwards and pick it all apart. Then that would be... A- Sorry, I was wrong. This is the order he suggested she watch them in. I think what he's done is structured it chronologically, perhaps. Right. Yes, okay. Okay, so it starts off with Captain America, the first Avenger. Makes sense. Set in World War, World War II. Uh, then mm-hmm. Captain Marvel. Makes sense. Set in the 70s. So he's chronologically ticking it off. Yep. Then Iron Man. And then Iron Man 2, The Incredible Hulk, Thor, The Avengers, Thor The Dark World, Guardians of the Galaxy, then Guardians of the Galaxy 2, then Iron Man 3, Captain America Winter Soldier, Avengers Age of Ultron, Ant-Man, Captain America Civil War, Black Panther, Spider-Man Homecoming, Doctor Strange, Thor Ragnarok, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Infinity War, Endgame. I mean, that's a pretty good list. Like, there's not a lot of... Well, that's all of them. Yeah, but I mean, like... that order is a... I think that you could, if you just didn't... I mean, that's a big ask. I think you could skip over that. I think you could probably start with... I think you could start... You know what? Just start with the way they were released. Start with Iron Man. I think that sets up everything. It sets the tone. It establishes Tony Stark. And then I would jump ahead and I would do Thor. And then yeah, I so would like, do... You know what? You, yeah. So Iron Man, you definitely need to see. Yes, correct. Yeah. Um, Thor, you definitely need to see. Yes, correct. What do you do next? Well, I would say then I wouldn't bother with the first Captain America because I think it's fine. But I think that he starts getting good around Winter Soldier. So I reckon you could introduce Captain America and Avengers. Okay, spoilers though. There's a pretty important payoff at the end of this once you've watched that like, I don't think it's going to be anywhere near as resonant if you haven't watched the original. I think you've got to watch for the big guys. You've got to watch all their origin films. Not Hulk. Yeah. Hulk doesn't count because Hulk wasn't Mark Ruffalo. I reckon you can jump in. Yeah. You, you can skip the Hulk movies. Yeah, and I also reckon you can probably skip Iron Man sequels. Oh yeah, and I think uh, you can. Yeah, yeah, you know you can. I like Iron Man. Although, 3. although Iron Man three's although, got a good payoff. I mean, they do introduce this. Um, Black Widow in Avenge in Iron Man two, but I think she gets a better introduction in the first Avengers. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think you could live without Iron Man 2. If we're dropping some along the way, you can drop Thor 2. You can drop the Hulks yep. before Ruffalo. Well, there's been no Hulk solo yep. movies, obviously. Um, and yep. you can drop, um, what do we say? Thor 2. Uh, no, we, we, Iron Man 2 and 3. Yeah, Iron Man 2 and 3. Yeah. And you okay. can drop Guardians 2 as well, I reckon. It's fun. Absolutely. You don't need it. 100% you can drop it. Uh, and then you can drop, I reckon you could drop Doctor Strange just completely. <laughs> I mean, I also agree with that, but you you can't. You you need to kind of have that established. 
Uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, I think you could probably do without as well. I think the Spider-Man story works just fine with from Civil War to Avengers, the Avengers uh, Infinity War and Endgame. I don't think you need Homecoming. Homecoming's a charming film, though, but I agree with you. It is. All right. This will definitely be the last one. This is from Kate. Hello, Will and Charlie. Just wanted to say, start by saying thank you for the years of pointless conversation and laughs. I was thinking about when I started listening to TOEFOP after listening to people's experiences on TOEFOP in TOEFOP Respondents. For me, I started listening to TOEFOP seven years ago when I was going through some pretty intense cancer treatment after being a huge Will Anderson fan for many years. Your podcast gave me much-needed laughs and comfort during that time. It's got me thinking that TOEFOP has been around for many big moments in my life. For example, when my partner and I were in the early stages of our relationship, I used to put on TOEFOP, FOEFOP in the car. In the first few weeks, he was very polite. He didn't say anything. Have we read this before as well? <laughs> I think we have. He was pretty silent in the passenger seat. Then one day, we, had a bit, we got a bit more comfortable with each other. And we were halfway through an episode. And he looked at me and said, babe, what is this? I've listened for hours. I just don't understand what's happening right now. Of course, I couldn't explain it. I attempted to go through why you were named Tofop and what you're about. But I'm, as I'm sure you've experienced, it was absolutely impossible. The magic of Tofop, I believe. Miraculously, four years later, he realized I'm a big Tofop fan and he's still stuck around. He now loves Tofop and he subscribes himself. We often talk about episodes over a beer or wine and we laugh again. For my 30th birthday, he surprised me with a room in the city and tickets to your second opera house show. I think the point is that when the robot broke, he was in. I, I think at the point when the robot broke, he was in. Okay, right. And, and like me... He couldn't explain it. I was thinking, was a robot broke into their hotel? What the fuck happened? Um, no, we haven't read this before. It just feels familiar. And like me, he couldn't explain it. Thanks again, and honestly, thank you, Kate. And she's the reason that one her. sounds. The reason that one feels familiar, Charlie, is uh, because it, whenever anybody tells us about telling anyone else about the podcast it's a, a story along the lines of i couldn't really explain it to them and they listened and they didn't really get it but about four years later they're like oh yeah something broke in my brain just the right way and now i like it <laughs> and kate has uh given us her email uh given us her address and it's in australia so i'm going to uh i'm going to pull rank here will and say that kate kate's going to get a sticker book uh, yeah absolutely after, I mean, and hopefully yeah. a sticker book she can share with, her, you know, her partner. Yeah. And we're still waiting. Um, we had that wrestler last week and we asked him to do a shout out, like to, you know, to record a, a, a promo where he yelled us out. Still haven't received it yet. So if you're, uh, what was his name again? If you're out there, Dan, 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 wrestler Dan, send us that bloody shout out. I want to check in the Gmail every day. All right, that's it for now. Uh, sorry for the interruptions. I also love the episode. idea of us being mad at anyone for being a bit slack about responding to something. <laughs> like it, As I read messages from May. months to get to letters, yet we said something on the podcast last week. And it hasn't even been Girl, a whole we week since anybody would have heard that podcast when we're recording this. And you're already mad at this dude for not having done it. We want our response. We want it now. Uh, go to tofop.com to check out some of our other great podcasts. Will, you've got new Willosophy up, I believe. Yeah, Wayne Schwoss is uh, uh, the guest this week on Willosophy. The week before with Bridget Duclos, an absolute cracker. And I've got a re couple of really fun ones up my sleeve as well, so some good episodes there. There will be a new Fofop, uh, the 
a very occasional uh, series of podcasts that I do called Faux Fop Now. But uh, uh, Dave Anthony and I got on Skype yesterday and uh, recorded an episode of Faux Fop. So that'll come out probably towards the weekend. And uh, yes, we have our AFL podcast, Two Guys, One Cup, which we recorded immediately before this. So if you want to hear Charlie setting up that he was getting a delivery, uh, so that, you know, this beast can, much like if, you know, that person who's going to skip some of the early Marvel movies, you'd be able to piece it together. But, you know, if you want to be a completionist, go go and listen to that. Hear the full story. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you.